0: Hey, it's Alison Parshall, and I'm your host here at the Science Line Podcast. As always, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And today, I've got a story for you. We're going to Siberia, more specifically the Republic of Tuva, which is within the Russian Federation, to hear some music. Now, if you haven't heard Tuvan throat singing before, I can even tell you how excited I am to be the person who gets to introduce you to it. Not just because it sounds incredible, which it does, but because we're going to be diving into how these vocalists manage to do something, frankly, amazing. Sing two notes at once. So without further ado, here we go. In southern Siberia, just north of Mongolia, there's a republic about the size of North Dakota that has been capturing the attention of music lovers across the world for decades.
1: So you you go through these massive Alpine mountains and you make this turn and there's a big sign that says Republic of Tuva.
0: This is one of those music lovers, Sean Quirk, a Milwaukee native who has been living in the Republic of Tuva since 2003.
1: And at the instant we turn past that sign, lying before you is this beautiful, spectacular golden plain with all of these mountains rising up in the distance like the crests of waves.
0: Quirk is the producer, road manager, and sound engineer for the Tuva music ensemble Alash. I actually saw Alash perform in high school and I was shocked at the end of the concert to find out that it had been nearly three hours long. I didn't feel any of that time because the music just sucks you in. Now to be clear, that is one person singing. Both that low buzzing drone and the whistling melody dancing above are coming from the same person's mouth at the same time. Tuvan musicians, like Alash's three band members, are masters of a vocal technique called kume, sometimes referred to as throat singing. Cork got hooked on kume in college with the CD his friend brought him by a Tuvan folklore ensemble called Hun which he refers to as Alash's musical forefathers.
1: I-, I wouldn't let anybody put another CD in the player for like the first month. Just like, put that Tuvan stuff on, man, that's what I want to hear.
0: Tuvan singers take advantage of the fundamental principles of sound to create two notes at once. It's often called overtone singing, and in theory, anyone can do it.
1: Trying to do it, I was like, pretty painful on the ears. So looking back on it, you know, I have no ill will towards the roommates who kicked me out or the girlfriend who dumped me. I get it. You know, I, I lost my job because of it, because I was always trying to do it in the break room with the music store I worked at.
0: That one CD changed his life in plenty of good ways, too. He went to on a Fulbright scholarship, and now lives there with his wife and five trilingual children. And his kume is a lot better these days, though he still leaves that to the professionals. To understand how these and master vocalists and Sean sing two notes at once, let's look at what happens when you or I sing a regular old note. At the end of the day, you have a sound that is made out of a collection of frequencies at different strengths. It's a perceptual illusion, the fact that all of them sound as one to start with. This is Pantelis Vasilakis, who teaches sound perception at Loyola Marymount University. He explains that all sounds in nature are made up of many frequencies, or pitches, combined together. It's what gives sounds their color, their character.
1: Actually, I cannot think sing a single sound created in nature
0: that would contain only one frequency inside. Now, we can create sounds of just one frequency with computers. Here's what that sounds like. I personally find it kind of unpleasant, so to make it sound a bit more like a sound you'd find in nature, we can layer other frequencies on top. There are many different frequencies here, but your brain still perceives them together as one note. These higher frequencies are called overtones, and they have particular mathematical relationships to each other. Different instruments and voices accentuate certain ranges of overtones over others, which is part of what makes a guitar, which is heavy-handed with its low overtones, sound so different from a sitar, which has a lot of bright, high overtones. In the end, the overtones you get all come down to the shape and material of the instrument and how the sound resonates within it. And then there's the instrument of the human voice. Tuvan throat singers are able to vary the shape of their vocal tract, from deep in their throats to the front of their mouths, so that the sound resonates in very particular ways. They start with a low drone, then they shape their throats so precisely that you hear one of those overtones resonating louder than others. And by switching up which overtone you hear, they create a melody
2: because they have such precise motor control over the vocal track that they can almost pick out just one of those overtones and accentuate it while all others are basically just almost squashed.
0: Christopher Bergevin is a physicist at York University in Toronto and a fan of the legendary tuvan ensemble Hun II that first hooked quirk on tuvan music. Back in 2019, Hun II came to Toronto and Bergevin's colleague had a lucky connection.
2: And we were able to get the band to come visit us here at York and do a bunch of recordings, including some MRI.
0: The researchers wanted to use magnetic resonance imaging, or MRI, to see how the singer's vocal tracks changed as they sculpted their overtone melodies. There were a couple of challenges to tackle.
2: He had never tried to do this sort of singing laying down before, let alone with his head just completely wrapped up with this coil in the bore of an MRI tube.
0: In case you were curious, here's what tuvin throat singing sounds like in chorus with the racket of an MRI scanner. Uh-huh.
2: What we were able to come up with is a relatively simple, classical sort of model for how the vocal tract works. But, you know, ultimately, what they're doing is more complicated than just what we model.
0: As cool as this model is, Tuvan Kume singers don't need and have never needed a mathematical model to teach and master their art. Here's Sean Quirk.
1: Every teacher I've talked to of Kume says, Generally, they, there's a different approach for people who are tubans than who aren't. People who aren't tubans really like to have some kind of anatomical explanation. And tuban learners are generally just acquainted enough with the sound that it's just this very imitative kind of process. And that doesn't mean that there's not all kinds of complexity and depth in how it's taught. <laughs>
0: And despite not being Tuvin, that music seems to have stuck with Quirk, and with me, for a reason.
1: Even though I've been here for like 18 years and I don't like to romanticize stuff, there's just this feeling that arises within you. Wherever you are when you hear Tuvin music, it's this reflection. Everything about nature informs the music, and everything about the music reflects the nature around
0: For Science Line, I'm Allison Partial. And that's the show. If you want to try overtone singing for yourself, there are some tutorials on YouTube, though I must warn you that your mileage may vary in terms of success. I know I was not very successful. I recommend making sure your roommates or family won't kick you out for it as well. Maybe you could send them this podcast so they'll understand what it's supposed to sound like. But anyway, as always, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a rating and review if you can. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Science Line is a production of NYU's Science, Health, and Environmental Reporting Program. Our theme music is by Jazzar at the Free Music Archive. And for more information, please visit us at ScienceLine.org or send us an email at ScienceLine at gmail.com. See you next time.